And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm the host, Justin Belanger. If you could do me a quick favor, head on over to the iTunes page. Go to the comment section. There's a, a section where you can leave some stars, five stars, four stars. You can even leave three stars if you want to be rude about it. Uh, and also leave a little comment. Let me know what you think about the podcast. Let me know some of the guests you liked, maybe some guests you didn't like. Uh, we're trying to move in the right direction, and we're trying to have you aboard with us. The more our listeners interact with us, the the more we're going to be able to, to create content and have more podcast guests that work into your favor and, and, and that you like. So, yeah, do me a quick favor. Head on over. Give us five stars. Just go for it. You know, it's a five-star podcast. What more do you want? Five-star. got the cameras. i got the mics. you got tables, chairs. It's five-star. Uh, and then, yeah, leave a comment. Let me know what you think. You know, it doesn't even have to really be on the, the iTunes page. You could do it on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We even got uh, the old TikTok there. So you can do it any any social media platform we have. And like I said, it's just great to be able to interact with our listeners. And and uh, it gives us a better idea of who's listening, who's out there, what part of the world you're from. It's, it's, uh, it's exciting stuff. So, yeah, I appreciate that very much much uh today on the high button podcast we have trevor steinberg trevor was the head coach at the saint mary's university men's hockey team for the past 23 years he retired two years ago uh 23 years i'm pretty sure that there's people listening to this podcast that aren't, that aren't even 23 years of age so sit down and think about that for a second it's quite remarkable um, trevor was also drafted by the quebec nordiques in the 1984 nhl entry draft he was drafted in the first round, 15th overall, by the Quebec Nordiques. He also played some time here in Halifax, playing for the Halifax Citadels in the AHL. Also, Trevor has a son who was drafted by Colorado, I think two years ago now, uh, Matt Steinberg. Uh, I think it was two years ago. Me and Doodley were up at the draft in Vancouver when he got drafted, so that was a really exciting moment for, for the company and for his family. Um, but strong hockey roots here in the HRM and really across Canada. Some of the teams that he coached with St. Mary's going on to win national championships. He's one of the most recognized uh, coaches in this country. Um, now he is the scout for the Atlantic. Uh, maybe it's the Maritime Bubble, but I'm not too sure. I'll clear it up with him today. But he's the scout for the new NHL team, Seattle Kraken. Uh, I'm just going to say for the Atlantic provinces. Um you know, if there's anyone out there that knows the game of hockey and knows how to, to work with young people that are about to go pro, it's Trevor Steinberg. Look at all the people that he's, you know, that have come out of his system that have gone on to go pro. So it's a great it's a great opportunity for him post-retirement. I'm excited to talk to him. I'm also excited to talk to him about the challenges of being a scout. I couldn't imagine being in the NHL trying to scout right now. Uh, it definitely comes with some challenges. So it's going to be a great episode, all right? I'm Justin. We're talking to Steiny. That's it. Here we go. You know what comes next. All right, Steiny, we're going. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. You just you couldn't stay retired, eh? You had to you had to jump back into the game. You just couldn't stay put. Well, I'm using it. They dragged me back in because I didn't okay. expect this. Uh, yeah, I didn't expect it at all. It was actually all. Just because of COVID with the bubble and Mike yeah. Dawson, an old name from the past, one of my players that uh, came my first year from Acadia to take his MBA, he's uh, been in pro scouting, so he's with Seattle. And they asked if he knew anybody, and <laughs> thank God they didn't do too many reference checks. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's a, what I when I think of Isco right now. I think of one of the hardest jobs in hockey. And whenever we have young guys come on the show and we talked about we talk about the NHL draft next year, there's like a couple names that pop up. But for the most part, it's kind of a we're all just shooting the shit because nobody really knows who's who. Nobody knows what's going on in other parts of the world. But that's your job. It must in my you know history of hearing what's happening. It must be very difficult for what you're doing right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always respected those the scouts. But you know, in fact, it's not something I ever truly wanted to be because you're. It's it's so much of a guessing game. There's so many intangibles, and you know, you can go with analytics, you can go with whatever. But at some point, it's it's you putting your, you know, what on the line to to say you think that kid can play. And if you're right, they're going to invest an awful lot of money in him. And if you're wrong, then it's a it's a wasted draft pick of, yeah. of something that could be of high potential. And a lot of coaches, even scouts that come on here, they always talk about the personality of a player being a huge role. Rather that the skill, don't get me wrong, is there, but the personality of a guy who's 18 years old getting drafted in the first round that has a huge factor to do with it. Is that a challenging factor for you right now as well? It's because you got to yeah. call coaches, you got to call trainers. How, how does that even work? It's huge. I mean, when you look at a kid. Now, you know, the the first and second rounders, they just pop off at you. Yeah. And even then, you still have to know what they're like as a person because, you know, you're thinking that person's going to be a part of your program and if he's yeah. selfish or if he's lazy or whatever. But when you get down into the like the lower rounds, sometimes that's the only thing you have really? in your corner because they it, they're all the same. You know, you're watching yeah. a kid play in the – elite league in Sweden or, you know, in a junior league in Russia. And then you're trying to, you know, compare him to a kid that plays major junior A and then another kid that plays tier two out West that's waiting for a scholarship. Yeah. You can't, it's really difficult to, to figure out who's a better skater, who's a bigger this or that. So sometimes it's just that intestinal fortitude that they may show on the ice, but certainly in an interview or something like that, you might say that this kid's got a story. There's a reason why this kid's going to pack a big punch or, yeah. Or he's spoiled and, you know, yeah. never seen adversity, right? Yeah. I never thought of it from that perspective. Rounds three and down, there's not a lot of huge difference of players. It's personality. I never thought of it from that perspective. Oddly enough, I thought the guy that got drafted in the seventh round was worse than the guy that got drafted in the fourth round. Because if you're a hockey fan looking on the outside in, that's what you'd assume. You're not thinking scouts are going, hey, they're, they're all somewhat the same mix. It's it's just a personality trait. It, it's it, honestly it, sometimes it's it's a crapshoot it really is and that's what we're expected and I'm learning that right now how to take a little bit of the crapshoot out of it and there are so many kids out there that that are better right now you know they're doing really well right now say in major junior yeah and you've got scouts say well he's not that game doesn't project you know he's a point of game here now he won't play he'll never sign and then you're some big defenseman that's clumsy over there they'll say i like that kid yeah <laughs> the first little while i was like yeah and then you realize later okay the kid's 16 in four years the kid's going to be a beast and that's what that's what you're trying to do okay and, and predict you know, the future a little bit yeah yeah, yeah exactly that's all you're doing you're predicting all you're doing. the future yeah um have you you know the skill set that you had at 23 years being the head coach of saint mary's you know you know uh you know what it's like in a hockey dressing room. You you know how to manage people. You know how to lead people. But was there any skill set that you learned from those 23, 23 years at SMU that you've taken to the scouting side? Yeah, I, I think there's always a lesson. You've seen because you've got so many stories of, you know, you can argue for a kid on either side of the table. You know, he's, there's a big, strong kid, you know, and 
you know, he's a little slow right now. So you, you realize, okay, I can, you can't play the game if you're, if you can't skate now, but now you got to project his speed and so forth. But sometimes it's, sometimes it's just his personality. Mm. And well, I'd say I, you know, I've got 23 years of experience. You know, I made a lot of mistakes when I was a coach. You know, I don't think you have to scratch that surface too far to get some answers. But you, yeah, I, I more mean that you, you just learn from all your mistakes. You know, you're so you're making mistakes right now. Is what I'm you're guaranteed. Like, you know? I've, yeah. I know I've made some now, but you know, to say that nobody knows for another four years and if you've made a mistake. Oh, Truly. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, so I mean, I've had some issues with players that I didn't think. Uh, you know, worked hard or this or that. And, you know, I, I wouldn't say I gave up, but I certainly gave them a harder time than I did players that worked their rear ends off and just didn't have the talent, right? Yeah. Because I don't really think it's what you, it's it's what potential you have to give to your team and not, you know, mm. not uh, just what you give. You know, if you've got more to give, give it. Is there any advice that you're taking from someone else within the Seattle organization or just anyone across hockey right now? Because I'm sure you've had tons of advice given to you as a coach, but as a scout, you know, has anyone given you advice? You know, I'll talk to his dad, see if his dad's a dick. You know, is there anything like that, little tips you picked up? They ask for everything. Every, yeah. They ask for everything. You know, and I, you know, I there's, there's guys right now that, that uh, that I would go to bat for that are in the Maritimes here right now that didn't yeah. get drafted because I know deep down they they'll do anything they got to win. it man yeah. they got it yeah. like, you know uh, who are we just talking about this year this he's in playing for uh, not Hershey but he's playing the American League now he just got his first game was uh, Liam Shane uh, Bowers uh, I just can't believe it. He's, I he's in the A for Colorado yeah he played his first game the other day and I can't eat Brennan Sonier did he play his first game and in- their coach. I, I I phoned his coach up, uh, who I played with. He played yeah. here, Scott Gordon. No way. Scott Gordon is a the coach there. I phoned Scott Gordon up and said, do your homework on this kid. He's a good player. He'll do anything. He'll do anything for the team. He did a little research on him. He said, can't promise anything. And he just sent me a text two days ago and said he played his first game. Get the fuck and he out did out. Here. Yeah, and he's... Sons, you know, if you're listening, buddy, congrats. I'm sorry I didn't know. That's awesome, man. Yeah, and you know something, I say congrats too, because Son's a guy like that that he makes more sacrifice than anybody. He's a buck eighty. He fights anybody. He does everything it takes, and yeah. that's why I guess you kind of think is if you could put that into some of these kids, if the kids only knew that that's the difference in them being drafted or not drafted or going in the fourth round or the second round. Yeah, is just that intestinal fortitude or that commitment level to do the things that they don't want to do. Yeah, the uglier things of the game. Uh, that can get them up the ladder, but everybody wants to practice what they're good at, right? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, it, it's a dying breed, Sansa, being able to go through adversity and get to that point of where he's at now. I can't. I'm, I'm sitting here in shock. I can't believe that. That's awesome. American Hockey League. That's man. Fun. He was doing great. And I, <laughs> just I, did you listen to the podcast we did with uh, you know Sean O'Brien, Liam O'Brien's dad? About, I, did you listen to that? I one? listened to a little bit of it. I'm such a fan. Like, I mean. I'm a big fan of Sean, but I mean, what Liam's done is just carved himself out. He is, he is what everybody thinks he is. He's a, he's an unbelievable guy. He's a good human being. You see what he does with charity. You see what he does in his, in his, yeah. in his communities. That's his, that's his, his mom and dad and so forth like that. And then the, I don't know where he gets that competitive and the toughness from, yeah. you know, when I say that, I say it respectfully. I mean, this kid is a beast and he's just done it for years. It's got him into the NHL at times when most people thought that he would be a marginal university player, maybe. Yeah. So, you know, there's a guy right there. Most people wouldn't have drafted, Yeah. but he's there and he's been there for a long time. He has he's a depth player. He's been a professional hockey player for almost 10 years now. He's been there. Oh, and he's, 
and yeah. he's made an impact too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wanted to ask about Ron Francis. He's the GM of Kraken and Kraken. Did I pronounce it correctly? Kraken. Yeah. Kraken. Seattle Kraken. It's a. I think it's a. I think it's like a sea serpent or an octopus. Come on, Stein. You got to know what it is. You work. I should know, but you know, the only guy I can really ask is Ron, and I, it's not. I want to get. On, I don't really want to be on the phone with him. <laughs> well, that was my question. Like, yeah, you know, what does he do? Does he hand out a pamphlet? Like, all right, listen, boys. These. Are, this is the because there, there's been no games played for Seattle. There's there's no identity. Do you think in Ron's head he has an identity of what the team's going to represent, or is it you know Vegas? Let's bring these guys in and see what we have type thing. Is there a plan, or is it a he? They, they have a plan one hundred percent. They don't always let us in on it, but they're pretty good guys that way, you know, because there's Dawson, there's Robert Cron, who just had a real good yeah. uh, podcast, you know, somewhere in the states where people couldn't understand how methodical the whole <laughs> process was and so forth. So I'm not necessarily in on all of that, but they lean heavily on our opinion. Um, and they've got an idea. Like, you know, they're, they're not looking for a whole bunch of little guys out there. They, if you're little, you better have some gifts. You better have an impact. You know, and they want some, they want some big guys that, are, that have a good hockey sense. And so really it's all skill, mm. skating, hockey sense, and compete. That's, that's really what you're looking for. Yeah. It was interesting. There was a clip this week of uh, Kalar. On Colorado, the defenseman? Makar, yeah. Makar, sorry. Did you see the clip? Do you know the clip I'm talking about? His, his shiftiness on the point and he, he broke the guy's ankle? Yeah, I think I saw that, and I saw another play where he just he rushed it, the puck, and he's just effortless skater. And, 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 you know, we've how long has this podcast been going for? Ten minutes, and you've brought up skating, I think, five times. And when you talk about, you know, you, you as a scout and you're looking for people and what they can bring, and you mention a small guy, you better skate, you better have skill. It's interesting where the game is going. I don't want to say maybe less away from physical, but kind of less away from physical i feel like a guy like you would be mad of me saying that but because that's your there's role. actually guys there's actually a trend <laughs> there's some bounce back from that okay what's the bounce back it, it is all the teams that have won the stanley cup yeah and there's a lot of teams that have a have a the thought of we're only drafting skill that's all we're drafting and then there's other people. We're not. We're not in that. I've been told. You know, you. That's not what we're we're here for. Okay. We. You have to have skill. You have to have skating. But, you know, there's still a sense that the teams in the last X amount of years that have won the Stanley Cup were big, strong, heavy teams. So there's a lot of teams right now. I think are doing their homework and saying, okay, are we on? Are we on the right path here? Mm. You know, do we need? And you know, you ask Toronto, you ask Brian Burke, all those guys, and even them, they, they need to have some muscle. They need to have some guys that can play, but don't get pushed around. And everybody says there's refs out there. Guys are getting run over all the time. And if they don't have any any way of playing a robust game or a strong game or hard game, they're not. The playoffs doesn't seem to work out for them. Mm -hmm. So um, we're into that. You know, we want guys with skill, but we also appreciate the fact of the size. And sometimes that means you're getting an, a regular season player. It's going to be really good, and you want to be able to see, does that translate over to a good playoffs? Mm -hmm. And some people have said, you know, I even asked the question them one time is going into this Canadian, has this maybe shone a light on, say, a Calgary, for instance, okay? They all, they're right up there in the, in the standings, but this year they're struggling a little bit because this division is, is kind of a heavy division. There's a lot of rivalries, and maybe, you know, when you line up everybody's first three forwards, you know, you're lining up McDavid, you're lining up some pretty big guys and can skate, and then you're lining up Goudreau. Goudreau's a great player, don't get me wrong. But four out of seven series in St. Louis or four out of seven series in Boston, 
it, it, that's how you got to think of your lining up. And I think there's some teams that might be a little bit more comfortable with having the bigger, stronger, skilled guy. Do you think it's a divided league in a sense, or do you think everyone, every team feels this way? Because I look at Montreal, I know I've never seen a heavy set team, but then again, they haven't won the cup in I don't know how many years. Do, do you think it's a divided league, or do you think a lot of people are thinking the same way you're thinking? I think, well, I think. It, it, the cup, it's hard to prove, you know. Well, I think everybody is. I mean, you yeah. see Toronto go out and get Simmons. They, you know, they went and got the defenseman the, from L.A. there last year. Yeah. So, they're, they're, you know, they're bringing in Thornton, you know, and say what you want. There's presence there and respect. And, but, yeah, you can't, take a, you can't take a knife to a gunfight, you know. So I think there's, there's got to be a balance there. You yeah. know, you, you, to get through the season, you need that skill and skating and so forth, and it needs to translate over to skill skating and all those little gamesmanship you see in the playoffs. I mean, they're playing for keeps in the playoffs. I mean, that's pretty – and you look at Tampa Bay, I mean, there's a lot of guys on that team like Hedman. I mean, he could have played another three series. Yeah. You know, some of the guys that, that, that other players played, like that, their bodies were shot after that. Yeah. You know, so. That was a great playoffs last year. Yeah. And again, and they traded for Maroon at the end. So, you know, yeah. and that's what I try and tell some of the kids. I said, you know, something, what, what is it you don't see? Well, hitting, well, do something. Every person, and I'm so sick and tired of hearing these guys, well, you know, I'm a point of game guy. Belanger, you know, uh, he hits. He takes the body. Marshawn takes the body. Who, who the, who the hell are you not to? And people don't understand that finishing your checks all the time is, is, a, is a great asset. It's a simple. It's a decision. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you don't have to fight. You don't have to do anything. But if you're constantly, you know, skating and getting checks, you're getting making your separating guys from the play and playing physical, then you're, you're, you're chiseling down at the other team. You're making your presence known. And I, that's what I, my biggest thing is what I say to some of the kids is, you know, you don't have to kill guys, but. You, you just got to do something, something in every shift that's positive. That gets you noticed in a sense. Yeah. 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 Um, the things that you're preaching right now, do you preach to your son? <laughs> I, there's not a person that doesn't say, oh, God, I should have known that was your kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I don't even know. <laughs> I'm shut the Rolodex of words going through my mind now. It's inappropriate. <laughs> Can but... I tell you a funny story about your son the other day? So <laughs> we're sitting in the SMU dressing room. I was there micing someone up, and he's injured right now. So he was getting uh, that thing on his leg. I don't know what it was. So we're sitting there. I'm like, Stiney, like, what are you doing today? And he goes, oh, nothing, just hanging out, probably going to play some video games. He goes, I'm playing NHL 21 right now. He goes, I'm this close to becoming a pro. I'm like, man, you're trying to be a pro in real life, not the video game. I goes, I know, I know, but yeah, he's, <laughs> I was losing it. Well, he's a guy that, I mean, oh, back in midget, I mean, he was so small. And, you know, I didn't want to be the guy to break <laughs> it to him that, you know, you probably got three years left of any type of competitive hockey because he was so small. Yeah. And, you know, I, we, you know, I bred into him since the day he was born, probably that I didn't want to hear his crying, but stick up for yourself, you know, be independent and so forth. And that's really what's holding him in the game right now. I'd like to say, oh, my kid's great. He's got this and that. He does have some skill and so forth. But I mean, the reason he got drafted and the reason why there's any attention given to him right now is because of his physical game, you know, and I, I I wish I could say different. I wish I could say he's a playmaking centerman, a hundred point guy, but He's not. He's yeah. picked a path, and you know if he's going to do that, that's that's not a that's not an easy uh, field to plow if you're going to consistently play that way. Yeah, it's hard. You feel know? like your body has to be prepared for that for that physical. There's Especially gonna guys, there's going to be guys looking for you all the time, but you know at the same time I can honestly say that you know when I looked around I said, how's this kid going to end up prolonging his career? And that's going to be his compete level and. 
So it just got, you know, I have my own little way of motivating them. <laughs> sure you do. Yeah, you know, but yeah, if you don't, you know, stick up for yourself. You know, it's, yeah. it's a contact sport and take it, take advantage of that. Yeah. And that's the way it's pretty much gone. Now he may be a little bit over that side that, but he's going to have to continue to do it if he wants to play. Yeah, it just comes down to being a difference maker. It's I, I like everything that you're saying about you know how scouts and how GMs are just looking to as long as you're making a difference. You don't have to be putting up 20 goals a year. You don't have to be doing you know a, a goal score role as as long as you're able to adapt at each level. I feel like that's the biggest thing. Like you probably experienced that at SMU. You know, a guy comes from the OHL top line, puts up 40 goals, and maybe he's on your roster at SMU. He's on the fourth line. Maybe there's an attitude change. But I feel like it's those guys that are just able to adapt. That's the key words, the dap to the role. Yeah. I, I mean, I, we've, there's been some kids that have come to St. Mary's that I, you know, again, maybe I should have handled them better, but, you know, I just look at if you're, you know, we forecheck, first guy down, take the body. If you're if you're F1, you don't take the body, whose fault's that? You know, that, that's the way we play. If you don't want to do it. And there are guys that literally wonder why they've been, you know, tossed aside or not looked at. And you think, well, it's not hard. You're easy to play against. Yeah. Make yourself hard to play against. You know, it's hard to score goals. Well, there's so many other things you can do. You, you know, some guys would have 10 hits before they'd even get a shot on goal. Well, get those 10 hits, you know, get that. You know, do play hard to get. Take yeah. time and space away. Do all those things. Yeah. And, you know, if you get everybody doing that, yeah. it's crazy what you can accomplish. And I, and I think that's what we've been kind of proud of at St. Mary's. We've gone into some series where we weren't the favorite, but – you know, the guys, and we had good leadership in the room and so forth, they were able to, to kind of say, guys, set everything aside. We need everybody on the same page, play in the same way. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the only way, I think. Do you think the style of coaching has changed from when you coach to now? When, you, when I talk to, you know, minor hockey league coaches, they say, you know, when you're in the room, yeah, you have to have that censorship. You can't be saying certain things. And when I think back to my peewee band and midget days, there was definitely times where, you, you know, you, you got to let a guy know how you feel. Do you, do you find, you know, when you coached, you were in the right era for, for your time and your coaching style? Or do you think that you could still be doing it right now in today's game? Uh, I think I was a little, I could have been, I'm a bit much at times, but part of that, you know, I'd like to think that for the most part, if a guy played hard, I could rip a strip off him and, you know, within look at him the next day or before he leaves practice and, you know, there could be a nod or something, yeah. let him know I just have to be like that. But, you know, I'm not sure you can be quite as aggressive um, and you really got to watch what you say because there's a lot of things that are said and have been said in our era that, you know, you don't mean any harm by and, and it's just taken the wrong way and that's that's certainly been yeah. something my players have joked about with me, but you got you guys know. like me coming to mic up. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. Here again. Here. Well, <laughs> as soon as I see a mic, as soon as I see a mic, yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, there's always guys that are going to have stories yeah. and, and so forth. And, you know, I, I, I don't profess to be the guy that was a, uh, I was always caring, but you know, I wasn't the guy that always came off easy, but you know, I, I, I handpicked all the guys. I always felt that, you know, I had their best interests, and, yeah. but you got to, you got to push kids. I mean, you're, you're talking about the kind of the, the volume of people that it takes to, that are getting into having coaches. And then you're trying to make it to the last 0.01%. Sometimes they need a little bit yeah. more than, than, you know, a, they need a real re reality of, of life. You Not know like I mean? intimidation, but a little intimidation. It's like, get the fuck, let's get going here. You little, uh, there's yeah. nothing wrong with intimidation. I don't think at, at that age. Uh, no, and I've said it and I'm trying to pick it. You know, I've been angry at Matt, my own son. I'm trying to think of examples where 
this is not it's not acceptable yeah it's not acceptable behavior it's not acceptable way to play it's not this you know you're going to be remembered by this but yeah, I think that the coaching has changed. I think there's a lot of coaches now that are, you know, looking in their rearview mirrors a little bit. And, yeah. and I think it's the right way to go because, in general, you're talking about the masses. We're talking about how collectively a community and take care of their kids and so forth like that. But, again, you, when you start getting up to these higher levels, you know, I don't think anybody, you know, you got to leave, you know, gender, race, everything, all of that out and a lot of other things. But you can't you can't let your true feelings not be heard if you're trying to help a kid. So I guess you have to kind of reinvent a way of presenting it, I guess. Has Noggs reached out to you at all and asked for advice in his role right now? Yeah. Oh yeah, Yeah. he has. Yeah. What are some questions he's asked you? Um, but recruiting questions, you know, what do you think of this player? Um, is this a good idea? You know, this kind of a theme in practice. Cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. It's a lot of coaches, even the ones that compete against each other. Yeah. We talk like in the same league, like yeah. at the same time, like you'd have really. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, you know, sometimes we're just venting, but I mean, in the big picture, you still got to get your guys to do it. But, you know, I've talked to some of the other coaches and they said, yeah, we break our practices up here. And, you know, like last year, you know, the guys all said, this is Tyler ran practices. And yeah. I said, basically, yeah, run the practice. Cause he runs a great practice. You know, he does. And, and he had, you know, he had music on and he was doing this and that. And I you know I came in the rink with my coffee a little late <laughs> They're all, I didn't think you were coming to the rink. I said, well, I got to get out of the house. That's the only reason you're here, right? Just to get out of the house. Yeah, I, I got to go, honey. I'm out of here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's chores to do. But then then you get there, and then, they, you know, I have to go all the guys, and they'd be going, oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, he's dining. You know, today we finally had fun in practice. You know what I mean? I said, good, good. He had fun today. I said, tomorrow's put on your buckles because you're doing one-on-ones all day and tomorrow. Yeah. You can't. You, you can't dodge it. You can present it all any way you want it. Yeah. But at one point, if you got to get bigger stronger faster if you have to get better at something you have to address that so yeah i'm learned to say maybe there's a day in practice you should put on some music but you know just just not what it's not what i do yeah you know but it 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 worked the guys appreciate it so that's where you have to kind of take some of this insight and roll with it because they are new their kids are different no question do you do you miss it do you miss coaching yeah, yeah, I, I actually do. I actually go to some games now, and I can. It's kind of neat. I'll go to a game, and uh, you know, you, it's easy to pick out everybody's issues or their team. I mean, you could do that with all of our my teams as well. But then you go to a, you know, you go watch a team like Charlottetown or someone playing with Jim for Jimmy Halton, and you go, that guy gets a lot out of his team. They just all on the same page. They're all just like they're just like moving parts, but it doesn't impede their skill. You know what I mean? They still get a chance, but mm. you just see them all working together Mm. and i i think what a what a treat for a kid that wants to get drafted to a program spend three or four years there and get better you really start realizing how much of coaching can make an impact on a kid's career even at that age especially oh yeah just the good good habits and just how to be how to some of these kids have never been talked hard to or down to they've never faced any adversity you know Mm. fill the net fill the net fill the net and then all of a sudden they get cut from a team and they're you know, they stand on your doorstep and first time you kind of get in their face, they, they don't know how to take it. You know, they mm-hmm. really don't. So, mm-hmm. and then there's other kids that just have faced adversity their whole life and it doesn't matter. They're there to play, mm-hmm. you know, they're there to play and they're there to learn. But 
there's a lot of different tactics in yeah. in the whole process. Definitely. There's coaches out there in my life that have helped me. You know, I'm not saying I've gone through a lot of adversity in my childhood, but, you know, when I hit that band and midget age when, you know, hockey is my life and I want to make the, the major junior level and, you know, looking back on it, some coaches, you know, you think they're being a dick. You go home, you fuck, you fuck Jesus Christ, you motherfucker. And then, yep. you know, looking back today, a 29-year-old man, I look at those moments and they help me today. There's not really a lot that can, you know, there's things that throw me off my game, sure, but it'd be a lot worse if I if I didn't get yelled at and called a motherfucker every now and then. <laughs> you know, it, it's, 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 it's hard to realize at that time, but. I've always said to the guys, you know, when I come in here, it's up to, you know, I even said to my captains, I said, guys, you know what your real job is, 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 is to translate my profanities and my horrible, horribly presented word, you know, speech. Yeah. Just present it to them the way you think it is. We had a bad first. I didn't see anything. So you called them all out. And, you know, guys will be going, well, he, you know, he's a, he's a dick, you know, <laughs> this and that. But guys, you're playing against this team. We've had six shots. They have 18. You beat them handily the last three times. Look in the mirror. So I'm just coming in here, guys. I'm at, I'm I've exhausted everything. I come in here and I, you know, I could buy you French fries. I could tell you I'm going to give you a free pop after the game. I've tried everything, so it almost seemed at times. And I've said this, guys. The worse I treated some of my teams, not all the time, but you know, what I mean, not no, no, not having a real great sense of humor on game day and so forth. The better they played. And when I go in and practice, I remember loose and everything. Everybody's loose. Then they were loose. Yeah. So I kind of said, you guys got to make up your mind which Trevor you want. You want the asshole? Yeah. Then then you, you got you got to play well yeah. for me to loosen up. But when I loosen up, you don't. You yeah. do too. Yeah. Could you so, tell? Could you tell this from warm up? If you go into the rink and you're being the the hard ass Trevor compared to going into the rink being the loosey goosey Trevor, could you tell in warm up? I, I have. Yeah. You know, but can I say that was, but also times I've thought, okay, these guys are really ripe for the picking and we've come up with a really good effort too. So sometimes there's no rhyme or reason, but again, when collectively, if there's an 84 game schedule, in our case, a 30 game schedule, I, I guess my biggest thing was, it, it, and I had this at times, you didn't have to have 30 and then after the, before the game, after the first half, second, you didn't have to have three times 30, 90 pregame speeches to get your guys going. Oh, sorry. Because you've got a dressing room of guys or a leadership in the dressing room that makes it unacceptable to have those. I shouldn't even get to me. You know, your captains, your, your leadership group should step in. And at times when I've had that, I felt we had a little bit of it last year. Mm. You know, I felt that I could go in and, and say less because I really felt that that dressing room mm. was wanted it and they knew what they had to do they yeah. knew they had a bad period but there's other times when you'd have to go in and literally give them a period they came the same way you blast them yeah take their you know take away their time out after the game so yeah. you know they're not going out or whatever and all of a sudden they come up with a better effort yeah I, I i think it's passable i think players got to start putting that on their own shoulders yeah. it's their career yeah you know when you're talking about there a second ago okay when you go in and you're a bit of a hard ass and, and then they play how you want them to play is that the same thing as what you were just talking about with the coach in charlottetown and you see them all playing together aligned is there a difference between the team playing how you want them to play compared to this team is in sync of how i want them to play is that is there a difference well i've talked to players that, that and i've talked to a lot of players and I, they usually have to go through the experience but when they're evaluating their coaches after everything's over, it's amazing how many of them will say, 
you know, uh, that guy was a rotten bastard, but oh, he just, it was his way. It was everything. But then they, they realized later that those are the dynamics. That's what the lead dog does. That's what the lead of anybody. You gotta yeah. get, you gotta get 20 guys motivated to do things they don't want to do. And how you do that is your own way. But you know, kissing their ass yeah. doesn't necessarily work with kids today because their whole life they've had their ass kissed. Their parents kissed their ass. You know, the parents have created this problem and then, you know, there's other guys that just don't need that, you know? So it's a, it's, it's, it's hard. It's yeah. hard to get in behind them. And then, you know, a guy like Jimmy Halton, for instance, you, I know there's guys that just think, oh God, he's going to lose his marbles. Or you hear the guys in the press box, sorry, I get to kind of get my thought back here. I'll go for it. And they've said, he's going to scorch the paint right off the walls in there. They know Jimmy. Yeah. They know who Jim Halton is. Yeah. Jim Halton is not going to wait till after the game and lose the game, he's going to salvage it right there, put his foot down. So I'm sure there's guys that thought he was is a hard ass, but it's not after they're done. They go, man, he was a good coach. And then they'll talk about the guy that was the great guy, you know, and did you win anything? And they go, no. And then, you know, what he used to say to you? Well, not much. He just leaned on the glass, a nice try. Well, then guys realize, gee, that was a mistake. That's not who I wanted. You know, at the time, they thought that's what they wanted. Yeah. But... You know, I really do think you need to, again, make people do things they want to do in pursuit of that goal. And once they get the goal, they look back and go, gee, that wasn't a, the best ride there, but I feel yeah. really good about it. And if they fail at it easily, then maybe they'll look at that. But it's, it's again, people, it's hard to mm. focus on doing things that cause you short-term pain, thinking you're going to get long-term gain. It's, it's like when you talk about this, I think of... Um oddly enough like an office experience like you know this company i'm trying to grow i'm trying to motivate it's interesting how the things that you can get away with you know in a sport compared to an office setting and i'm not saying you're in an office setting but you're a scout you're i'm sure you're sending tons of emails you're trying to you know get information from that guy in sweden by tuesday so you can look at it so you can get it back to jim nolan's so i don't know anything like that yeah. but it's interesting how it's a lot more difficult to translate that passion and that line to the professional setting in an office it's it's a lot different at least I find I, I can't yell at Mark right now and tell him to pick at the fuck. You know, what I mean? it's a, it. I'm joking. For a lot of go see what I mean. He gets mad. But when you can, <laughs> when you when you can be like that. But I think it comes down to like I know right now that the the leadership of a Ron Francis, yeah, and uh, Robert Cron, and even the guy that you know my, my ex player Mike Dawson, Mike Dawson, who I have the utmost respect for. But I, I was his coach. I, I was a coach when he was a player. And I know that they don't have to tell me that. If, tell you if what, I don't, tell you what. they don't have to sit me down and tell me because these guys are at a level that if you don't do the job, you get fired. And it's yet, a privilege yeah, to be where so, you are. Yeah. So yeah. if you, you know, you, if you took a kid in hockey and just cut him, you'd be, why'd you cut? You have to communicate with them. Well, we're at a level right now, it's pretty clear what my job is to do. I have to know every Quebec League player, like the back of my hand, and be able to compare him to other guys. Well, they're nice to me, but I know for a fact, I respect them. And if I don't get the job, you know, if they fire me, you know, after the draft and say, hey, it, it, we appreciate what you've done, you know, or even if they just say, we don't need you, I'll know in my mind, I'm going to say I didn't do a good enough job, but respect them because they treat me well. Okay. They give me every resource. Yeah. They give me every opportunity. They, you do whatever you got to do. So they've, they've, they've rid me of my excuses to yeah. fail. Yeah. So if I, if I fail or don't do a good job, it's on me. And I think that, you know, that's being a professional and that's being older with the kids today. It's a little bit different. Um, 
but the office setting that can be like that but in hockey it just seems like it's got to be a little bit more aggressive i like that answer yeah. especially yeah. a lot of people that are in the business have played before the you know like the nhl is such a small world or the hot not even nhl the hockey community well, yeah you can't compare an office like to that's what they're trying to do i think everybody's trying to get to the point where when you go into a dressing room it's an yeah, office. Set. Yeah, exactly. And at that yeah. point, I don't want to. I don't want to even be involved with the game. Yeah, that's not. That's that's why guys play yeah. hockey is to yeah. get out of that office setting, to be with the you know, whether it's you know the girls are being with the girls and playing, and they can do what they, then guys can be with the guys. But there's got to be that element of. That's why you go of, to the NHL, so you don't have to sit in an office. Yeah, that's why you can dye your hair blonde. That's why you can do all these crazy shit. That's why they'll be. That's 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 the perk. Yeah, you don't at the pro level. You don't. You don't. You don't have to be on your best behavior. You're playing a pro sport. People are paying for you to hit to in hockey, maybe to fight, to compete, to to run, to to overpower the opponent, and so forth. It doesn't. It's not an office setting, but they're trying. You know, in the world today, everybody's trying to bring it in mm. to be like that, and that's yeah, that's what's going to hurt. I, I, think. I had this conversation, I think, with my grandfather, maybe three years ago, maybe with my dad. I forget who it was, and it's kind of a knock to our business uh, about the NHL and how, and, and it, to, to a point I agree with what whoever, I think it was my dad who was saying it. There's too many cameras and there's too many mics and there's not enough privacy in, uh, in the NHL. And, you know, I get my business. I, I, I like to go behind the scenes. I like to mic up guys. I love to do all this stuff because it builds influence and it's a great business model. But I think in some aspects, I kind of agree with there's a little bit too much. What do you think about that? 100%. Are you telling me okay. that, you know, these guys, collectively, I mean, social media is... But I'm not talking about social media. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, maybe I am a little. Well, but you I know just exactly mean, if a guy's I mean. in his dressing room, if a guy's in the dressing room and, and, and says something and the media hear it, you know, like there could be an interview going on over by the guy's stall and, you know, some other yeah. guy say something, happens to be on the, the picked up. That, to me, is completely unfair. I mean, you know, it's like going into your sanctum and... And everything you say in here, if to put, turn the mics off. Well, if the mics didn't turn on and you said something that was a little offside to your buddy, mm. you know, do you deserve to fry publicly for it? But that's that's the fear for a lot of the athletes. I mean, these athletes are, yeah, they're they're nervous, you know, and because uh, yeah. like you say, everybody just wants a story on them. There's got to be some safe place for them. I remember watching the uh, Montreal Canadiens actually had a great show. I think it was called Twenty Four. Was it Twenty Four CH? Yep great show and there's a couple scenes where you know press you know he gets a concussion and he has to go back into the room to, to get his teeth looked at or something for his jaw and the camera's right there and i remember that was one of the incidents i was like wow the camera's right there same thing uh, gallagher had his thumb almost chopped up off camera right there and i was just thinking i was trying to put myself in the in his skates like what would my reaction be would i be nervous to say get the fuck out of here because montreal might trade me or you know, think wrongly of me because I, I don't want the camera in here, or would I? What would be running through my head? I try to put myself in that situation. It just didn't feel. Uh, I don't know. I, don't I, I I look at the I look at the politics that you've seen gone on here with with the U.S. and everything. You, and you can see that it doesn't matter what side of the table you sit on. You yeah. voice your opinion. You get attacked. Yeah. So it's 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 not fun when you're in the, in the in the limelight you know what i mean like you know i i, I get thrown out of a couple of games last year and i got every i got everybody knows 
Like I get home, I answer to my mom, I'm answering <laughs> to my aunt, I'm answering my buddies down in the, you know, that phone up. What'd you do, stupid Steiny again, right? What'd you do? I'm going, how does everybody know? But it just does. Every mistake you made is is out there. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's 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 a, it's certainly a different life. I mean, you even go on your look at a kid's Facebook page. Yeah. And if kids, if every time you look at a Facebook page, a kid's crushing twelve beers, <laughs> you may want to stay away from them. Right? Have you have you done that? Have that have you looked? I, I, just I, think, yeah, I, yeah, I've I've looked. I've looked at look. everything. And I yeah, I, I when I scratch, I mean, I I'm being paid, so I, I'm going to get the answers no matter what. I mean, I'm not going to take your name forward if I don't know exactly what you're like and you know you're you know if, make sure there's no bad habits there and so yeah. forth and what you really like and it doesn't always have to be an incident either it doesn't have to be the kids doing this or doing that it's just what type of kid is he yeah and there's a lot of people that don't there's a lot of teams that don't believe as much in the interview and I know that these guys do, though they do they basically will say if you don't take this kid out for dinner no dinner no draft oh they're yeah they're saying you know I need I need you to, you're going to bat for him yeah, you know, and it's that's really your strength. Like there's, you know, we've got the. I bring up a kid like like Henman didn't get uh, didn't get signed. You know, I, I I question that. It's not my. It's not. But I like the player. He's got hockey written all over him. Hockey player written all over him. And you know, I think you can say I know that kid. So if there's any chance for me to ever go to bat for him, I would mm -hmm. because I love the way he plays hockey. I know him as a person. I know that he's, if you do vouch for him, a kid like that, he's going to wear that. He's going to wear that. Every day he's going to sit down here and go, people did a favor for me to get me here. I'm not going to let them down. I want this. Mm -hmm. And then there's other kids that just go, hey, it's cool. I got to try out. And, you know, that's it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you've got to, you got to know your people. Do you think that your relationship, how long have you been playing hockey for? I don't even coaching how many 50, years i'm on pretty much 55 now so you I'm, probably know everyone in the game close to um it. like if they don't if you don't know them personally they know who you are if they're there's a lot of guys that i say well, i've never met him but you don't have to i know enough about him to know he's a good 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 coach to go to yeah. or what he's like people talk you know and and, yeah. and it's you, people get reputations i'm not saying you should stick to that but you know usually where there's smoke there's fire how much does that help knowing everyone, not everyone, but is, how much does that help knowing people within the game to have an honest conversation with? Huge. Like Huge. The, Just who you are. I've never spoke to Patrick Roy before. I phoned him up about some of his players, a couple around the league. Love it. So, love it. you know, I'm expecting a guy to be kind of standoffish, this and that. Yeah. No. But he, he he was at a car wash, and I couldn't get him. He wanted to keep talking. And, you know, you could just see the passion coming out of him. So, Ellie, you've heard about him being difficult, this and that. Good. That's what people say about a lot of people. But he knows his hockey. Everybody knows he does. He knows, you know, if you had a kid, you'd want him to go play there. Hmm. And not, not you know, not maybe, and I say this, maybe this is wrong, but maybe not a couple moms don't want their son to go play for him. But every dad does, you know. You make a man out of my kid, you know what I mean? And he will. You know, he's not a bad guy. Like, he doesn't teach the wrong things. He's just been there and knows what it takes. And, yeah. and you know, he's not going to let you fail unless it's your decision. He's going to he's gonna do everything he can yeah. do within his powers to get you yeah. to do what he thinks is right. And sometimes, yeah. you know, that doesn't sit right with people. But certainly appreciate if somebody put that much time in on me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Per talk about perks of the job. You know, talk about Sonia, you know, you put a good word in, he's, he's there. You know, you talk about getting to call up Patty Wall for a nice conversation. 
It's little perks within the job that just, you know. nervous. You know what I say? You know, when you take a guy like Sonia, like, I don't look at that as. That's a. But, yeah, a lot of people think of it like that. I get it, but he did himself the favor. I know. He did himself the favor. He's the kind of guy that, that stays in contact. He's the guy that's always looking to get better. And then I go watch him play, and it's just, you know, it's, it's, he's, he's, he's on the bench probably just going, what does the coach want me to do right now? What does he want me to do that I can just make a choice and do? But it must feel good knowing that you, you have an IQ in hockey, that you're so respected within the game that you can just – I'm not say, I'm not taking anything away from Sons. I'm just saying it, it must be nice for you to have a little bit of input and someone take that to heart and go, okay. I, I trust what Steiny says. It must feel good. Yeah, it does, and it's you know it's not free. Like I know. you know, and like I say, is is I've made my mistakes, but you sometimes think it. You know, I guess all you can really do is be honest and just hope to God you're, yeah. not, you're not dumb. Yeah. But that's all I can say. I've been, and that's all I tr- really try and do because there's lots of times you have to. You know, I've I've been forced to say good things about a player, but I've always been at the same time in a position where I could not tell the guy I was talking to asking for the reference that that kid is going to help him because I don't want you know my buddy of mine phoning me up and saying hey you got to take this kid you know down at St. Mary's there a couple years ago but you know what you're getting yourself into if I take this kid on your word and it doesn't work out he's into a lease he's like his whole life's changed never thought of that it's funny when you say that then the guy will go well you know he made me not a first but he'll be a good depth player well by the time the conversation's down you're just going I can't take this kid. Yeah. And he thinks he might be a little bit mean, not doing him a favor, but, you know, you're saving a whole lot of heartache. I never thought of that. You know, you might have kids, a wife, you got to, yeah, I never thought of that. That's true. That's a whole life I'll, you're I'll be, moving. I'll be honest, I've had to give my, my I've had to give my own kid a bad reference or, or just not a bad reference, but if somebody says is this, he's, I don't think he's ready for it. Yeah. But what good does it do if I, you know, just stand there all summer and go, I got my, I got my son here and he's going to be, there's his destination. Well, as soon as he gets there, everything's going to go to crap. You know, and that's what you've got to do. You've got to kind of see how it translates. Is is, is 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 my selling an apple as an apple, or am I getting an apple for an orange? I see what you're saying. Yeah. That's cool. Are you going to get to be in the scout in the interview room at the draft? Do you know yet? I have no idea. But there's a possibility. There, yeah, there's a possibility, cool. and I think that would be neat. You yeah. know, I'm sure I won't say much. You know, usually by that they've got a list down. Okay. And I actually asked uh, Mike Dawson this morning. I said, "Do you ever get to the point where at the, <laughs> the draft table and?" You know, you see, you've got your list, but you still just yeah call an audible. Yeah, <laughs> and he goes, "Well, we like to not think that. We like to think our list is our list is our list." Yeah, but you know, there's certain times when you realize you you know when they take the guys, you could your intention could be to get this many forwards and this many D, but because of the way your list goes and what the other teams take and leave you, you may have taken three. Oh, I see what you're Three saying. Three defensemen or yeah. four defensemen when you got thinking, well, we got room. So that's a time when an audible might be yeah. be charged or, or or sent. And and I, you know, you've heard stories of one of the scouts on a break after each round goes up and <laughs> fires some, you know, some French fries in him and he sees a kid and the kid's waiting there to be drafted. And you go, you're waiting to be drafted. And you go, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do anything. <laughs> and all of a sudden you just go... Guys, did we ever talk about this kid? in the French yeah, yeah. But there's something, in, and that's what's a lot of it, is going with your gut. And I, I have gone with my gut, my gut a lot. Yeah. And Has it worked out? Well, I went with it with Rapache. Uh, what's his story, Bob, before he went to Smeal? His story was he had a he went to a college on some bad uh, 
a bad, he got a scholarship he was waiting for, but I guess he had to upgrade his course or something. So he went to a college and that meant his clock started ticking. Okay. And I don't know, but he came here as a walk on and left here as a stud player and my captain. Yeah. Um, Mike double high button too. Yeah. I took a chance on, uh, on Sean O'Donnell from, you know, and Troy, Troy, uh, Ryan. You took me. a shot. I didn't know that. Yeah. Man. Put, Troy Ryan convinced me of him. He says, take him. You'll never regret it. And here the kid is, he's end up playing. He's played. So was he in Picto? Yeah. Wow. I, I didn't done. know that. I was done. My, you know, at one point you're just, wow. you just thank you. There's someone looking out after you and the stars there because you got, you know, I got Troy Ryan going there and you, you love him, man. You're making a mistake if you take him. If you don't take him, make a mistake. If he goes somewhere else, you'll regret it. Do you think Troy's calling you because he knows the style of game that you like to preach? Probably. Do you think, he, yeah. does, did he fit into he, your mold? Yeah. That, yeah. But just as much, uh, you know, I'm sure if I hadn't, he'd have gone to each of the other teams, but I, I don't know that, that part of it, but he pushed him on me. Yeah. And, he, and he and he and he put his reputation on the line for me, and I and I, you know, I respect the hell out of him. So I just said, I'll take him, and the rest is history. But you know, don't I've gone in my gut and made some bad decisions too. But it's really good to know that you know you go back and say what was that what did, what was that feeling in my gut like what what was it? You can't put your finger on it, but if you get the same one on another player, yeah. sometimes you think I got to go with this. That's the exact same feeling I had. And there's a couple players in the Quebec League now. I feel a little bit like that. You know. Can you give me some names? I guess you can't. You know something? Yeah, I don't. I don't like. There's a kid like this Ben Boyd kid, big kid in Charlottetown. You know what I mean? Okay. And and there's a few other. I just mentioned him because I get like laughing. He's just a big kid. He's yeah. just really raw. But there's just something about him that you just think I, I like that kid. And he's, he's project him in five years, and you know he could be a real hard guy to play against. What do you like about him? Tell me. Like, what, what do you see about the guy that you like? He just he's a big body. He's fat. I, like, what do you? What, like, do what do you, want, you see? What, tell me what to do, coach. So, okay. And he'll do it. Jump how high obvious. type. Okay, yeah, yeah. You tell him play physically, play physically. You tell him, you know, the, the, the small parts of the game. You know, he might get seven or eight minutes a game. Well, guys don't get drafted usually getting seven or eight minutes a game. But he's coming. He's like six three, six four, two. you know, well over 200. He's a big, strong kid. And I think people automatically just think, get into a think, oh, he's not very good. He's big. He's slow. He's dumb. Um, guys like that. And then you watch him and. No, he's coming along. And then you start seeing, I've had three to five weeks off watching and you see improvement. Mm -hmm. Some guys that are doing really well offense, we don't see any improvement in their game. We don't see any change. So it's nice to see a kid trending up. Interesting. And there's lots of those guys. So, you know, I don't think I'm speaking out of church and yeah, giving yeah, away yeah, secrets. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, let's face it, if my first year is a scout, you know, I got to think that every other scout's on the guys that I'm on to. But or, or thinking about and even more, yeah. you know, but there are some guys out there that just catch your eye with something and cool. then you just start scratching. Right. And then, you know, watch more games, talk to the kid and you don't know what his story is. Well, that was, that was my next question. Watching the game. Like, are you allowed in Scotiabank arena right now? Or are you watching from a laptop? What's, what's your situation? No, I can watch the, I can go to games in Nova Scotia. Um, can't go to Charlottetown though? No, can't go there. Okay. Things might open up a little bit, but there's talk about the three teams in the, in New Brunswick coming over here and kind of setting up shop and, you know, in Halifax for three games and then to Cape Breton and then say PEI or somewhere, you know, where else and for three games type thing. So the, they're playing inside the bubble. So they're just going to like move here and stay in a hotel yeah, or something? Yeah, like for three weeks and play nine games type thing in, inside of three weeks. So is, is there like a playoff? Like, whoa. I just wait. It could, everything could blow up. Like as soon as you get, all of a sudden the cases go up, they're just going to pull it. So they want to playoffs. You know, they're trying to work these bubbles as hard as they can. Yeah. You know, the Western League, Ontario. You know, we're very fortunate. The yeah. Quebec League's actually playing right now. And that's, yeah. and, and, and it's, so it's kind of good that they, you know, 
when they think of a lot of guys right now, local guys are doing some scouting yeah. for pro teams right now because they realize the best intel they're getting is from the Maritimes. The rest of it is really guessing. So there's a lot of scouts right here in Nova Scotia. They, they can't. Well, inside here. So what you, do you, you mean know, by what do you mean by well, that? Well, John Sims been hired. You know what I mean. You got Jimmy Midgley's been hired. You've got you know. Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. Inside, from here, from here, okay, because yeah. they realize we can't get people in here. So what we're we're not we're not as much projecting as the guy that lives in uh ontario right now he, he said the no. last time he yeah. saw a kid play was last you know before the break was in march and this kid's 17 well now you're trying to draft him whether you put him in the first second third fourth fifth round and you're going yeah we haven't got a lot of looks at this kid yeah. so there's a lot more looks right here so you're saying that there's a possibility that this year's nhl draft could be heavy maritime based possibility yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. They've got they they certainly have intel on them from the years before, but it's just hard to tell where they're trending unless they get a 24 games. Yeah. Now there's talk, there's talk of a draft uh, in December, um, pushing it to December so that they get the the 203 draft is what we call it. The what the 203? The 203s are the group going getting drafted now. Okay, all so together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they, sorry, if sorry. they get a chance to play the first half of the next season. They could play then, have a draft in December during the, the World Junior break, maybe. That'd be sick. That'd it be it sick. would be, but there's a lot of headaches and a lot of things that could go wrong there, too. And then there's been talk of literally having literally having the two drafts in the same month in June. Just having the first draft, you know. Of the 03 or 02? Put, push, it, push it a year. And then have Yeah, and then have them two weeks apart. And So two seven-round drafts is what you're saying? Like Yeah, for, okay, exactly. Okay. And, and what you got to remember is sometimes everybody goes, well, it's just easy and other people say, well, just go to a 19-year-old draft year and just have your 18-year-olds can get drafted. You know, you can get drafted an 18-year-old in the first round, yeah. but that's it. And then he can play if he can, but the other guys get drafted at 19. But so you have a problem. There's a, how many deals are out there that have been made in the last few years that have to do with a, uh, the 20 draft, you know, June 20 draft, third draft choice in a trade. They have to have those different drafts because uh, those are... Are, oh, sorry. I understand what those you mean. Those are commodities. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. That went over you, my head. If you missed yeah, a draft yeah, yeah, yeah. or you did something, yeah. that's a commodity. Yeah. So like, you can say, well, I didn't think I was giving up that. Yeah. And so yeah. there's a, there's so many things that nobody thinks of, and I didn't either, that you just, oh, I get it. So I just kind of, my hands yeah. are up here like this. I yeah. give up. You guys tell me what. I'm All I know is I'm responsible, and I'm going to do everything I can have to have my guys yeah. properly rated and then you do it with you. You have to, but it gets really complicated. I, I'm thinking back to my age when I was I was no I was never close to getting drafted to the NHL, but I, I could imagine there there could be some frustration with these kids right now. You're talking to them. Do you sense a a little bit of frustration in their voice because of what's going on? Because they've worked their whole life for this moment to be drafted, and it's it's in a gray area. It's, do it's, do you notice this, a frustration? This is, this is it's past that. I think yeah, we really need to start preparing ourselves for kids that if things don't work out these kids may be safe so that was because of covid that whole time off yeah the men the yeah i think the mental there's health a mental aspect, health yeah. factor here and it, and, and it's and it, it is real there's no yeah. question it is i mean i i just got off the phone with the you know bombers you know bombers oh did you making yeah he you guys must have tweeted out where's he he's at? A, I don't know. He's on the other end of his phone telling me that not to wear a certain jacket because I look like it's a life jacket and <laughs> making fun of me and stuff. But, you know, you take a guy like that. I mean, a kid lives in the rink. All he wants to do, yeah. he just wants to score goals. Give him a place to go and score goals. That's what he wants to do. These other kids are the same. Some, yeah. Put some, a cot in the rink. Yeah, yeah. There's just, you think of those and there's all them. Then you think of a kid in his draft year that's just can literally just can look at his mom and go, this, this, I'm going to get, this is 
awful. Like I want to play so bad. They're just sitting at home doing nothing. And then they're taking like my own son. He's just pulling his hair out. So there's times I want to go down and knock him out. But I mean, you got to think what, what's he going through? He just wants to play. And he just put it this way. All he wants to do is go to school and play hockey. So my thought is, is they're both things I support, but especially school. He wants to get there and do school because he knows he gets his hockey with it. They don't want to be at home, and that's what people have to remember. These kids do not want to be at home. Parents can say, oh, it's not a, you know, complain all they want. Get a little break. They don't have to go to work. But you're taking, you know, just mm. think of taking hockey away from you when you're 17 and 18. And oh. Like it's taking it's your It's your identity. It's more than just what you do. It's who you are. I, I came from a very rural area where I didn't put, you know, I played with one association. I went to school in another and I, you know, it was just all over the place. Yeah. I, I truly was uh, uh, lost without my hockey. That was my identity. Shouldn't have been that way. Mm. But I mean, you know, you, I was just nobody when I went to, you know, started going to high school. I'm in there. I'm just this little tiny guy at that point in my life. And, you know, nobody knew anything. But, you know, babe, you say, hey, you're the hockey player. You play for this. Yeah, it gave you something. Yeah. But now it's, yeah, yeah, and then and then kids think they're regressing. You know what I mean? They think, well, I'm not, I'm getting worse. I'm doing this. It's there's just so many mind monsters right now for yeah. them. Yeah, and there's enough mental health issues out there right now that you don't need more of them. And spe especially with these guys, because we kind of, I like to think of these athletes at all this. They're kind of thoroughbreds, so they're even more temperamental sometimes. Definitely. You know, you think even some of the just. You know, is a track athlete or is doing whatever and can't do their thing. I yeah. Mean, it's devastating. You think of the parents, too, that dedicated a lot of their life. You know, you, a parent that has a kid in Bantam or Midget or Junior Hockey, they've dedicated thousands of hours, thousands of dollars. It's an investment. 100% it's an investment in, in your kid. And to have that, I'm not saying it's going to pay off for every parent, but to not have uh, an opportunity for your kid to shine at the highest level after those dollars, after those hours, after those road trips. Uh, you know, you look, I don't know if you're heavy on Twitter, but Twitter's a, uh, Twitter's a garbage can on fire right now when it comes to hockey parents and, and, a, and a lot of aspects of that. There's a lot of frustrated people that aren't um, I can, being heard. Yeah. I can tell you that I've had, I've had, People, well, I mean, we don't need to mention their name, but I mean, they've had a kid in hockey and their kid got hurt and it was a big injury and the kid was all right. The parents were just crushed. I mean, they just, they know that they have got damage protection. They know that their kid's disappointed. Everything they threw in, even, mm. even a little selfish, but you know, your son and your son is your son, your daughter's your daughter. You, you, you do everything you can do to have them have that hobby that keeps them, you know, young and positive and so forth. And when you see that taken away, you're, you're just got to look for yeah. for you look for signs you're almost looking for signs of is this kid depressed is you know how's he handling it stuff so it's yeah it's really hard yeah, yeah. when you talk about identity as a, as a hockey player and you said when you left and you lost that identity did you find that when you were done at SMU transitioning to Seattle was there a little period of there ah, I, I need it I need that identity I need to be back in the game was there a little bit of that there uh no I don't think it, it, I always say the press can you know I've experienced both sides of it. You know, I've, I've been treated like gold in Halifax. I really have. Yeah. You know, there's been other places I haven't. You know what I mean? I was a high draft choice and, you know, got injured and didn't make it for this or that. So you take the good with the bad. So I'll be honest, there's days that, you know, I was, before I got this gig, I was sitting at home and I, <laughs> I think this is awesome. I don't have to <laughs> read about me. I, I don't have to read that I'm a jerk. I don't have to read that I lost a game or won a game. But I can see how being a high-profile person 
uh, at whatever level. Yeah. I could see how sometimes you think, you know, I wish I had it back, but I've seen both sides to it. You got to take the good with the bad. Okay. Yeah. Good answer. Well, how much time are we at right now, Mark? Uh, an hour. Are we at an hour? Yep. Okay. Do, do you good for like another 10 I'm minutes? Good for sure? as long as you want. Um, uh, after everything we just talked about, you know, we, we talked about the, you know, the kids' frustration. We talked about you being a scout. We talked about general managers, what they're looking for in order to be a, a, a player that makes an impact on their team. We have a, what's our, what's our fan base? 18, 35. So we, we got some junior players in here that listen to the podcast and they all want to make that, that second jump. They all want to, you know, they want to be a professional hockey player from the outside looking in as a scout. And if you had to give a little bit of advice to, you know, let's say that third line guy on a junior team that maybe isn't getting his ice time and he thinks he can be a little bit more of a, of an asset to his team, but he, he's just not able to show it. What's your advice for the, for that guy right now? Not even a junior midget and Bantam, but that guy on the third, fourth line, what's your advice for that guy? Um, or girl. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I, I think what's, I know the only reason I, think it's a good question right now and i'll be a little bit more specific is because i actually touched on it i go to games all the time and it doesn't matter how many you know you could be a 20 goal scorer if you play 60 games that means there's 40 games or more that you didn't score in so what what did you what was your value of that game and i always say that you know finishing your checks everybody starts going well you all you care about is being tough well it's not. It's 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 the details of the game it's it's being taking a guy's time and space away everybody can work harder and it, it, I'd be my biggest thing would be just finish your checks you know do things fast you know that's what they're looking for you know and and, and the, the the physical part I just look at it I just I see too many guys I guess that have made it through that hard work that hard work that main ingredient in everybody well it's just fighting no it's not it's it's being physical it's being like a Sonya that just goes out and does whatever the coach says stop trying to be who you want to be and be what the team needs right now. And if you see something lacking, if the coach is out there getting mad at everybody for being soft, well, then stand up. Nobody's asking you to fight. What they're asking you to do is be harder to play against. Finish your hits. You know, mm. put more into your, to your four checks and your back checks. You know, kids will come back and go you know, pissed off because they didn't play. And, I, you know, you just, there, there's your, there's your instat. Yeah. Your legs are straight in the neutral ice. You don't work. You don't four check. You don't back check. What do you do? You wait for your teammate to get you the puck. If he doesn't, then you think it's his fault that you didn't score. So I, I'm really firm in that fact. Everybody can play a fairly physical game. Everybody can pressure, yeah, pressure, yeah, pressure, yeah. and that's what I think. That's what the game's about. Can you give um, a guy in the NHL right now, maybe maybe the style of game that you're talking about? Maybe someone listening can can watch more of their games and, and the style that they play. Is there anyone in the NHL that you can think of? Well, as I always I, I always use the the the, the Bergeron. You know, okay. because I think let's 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 take. Are you as good as Bergeron? No. Okay, well, no. Okay. Well, then I want you to watch him tonight. And I guarantee you, he doesn't go down. You know, with one stick in his hand on his forecheck, he he's a superstar. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's down hard, and he gets a lot of points. He's down. He takes the body. He competes. You okay. know, if, if you get goals out of that, that's great. But if you don't get goals, you get a momentum. You become an energy player. You become. You know, somebody that, that provides momentum and can take minutes away. But if you're going to stand around, you can't have everybody that just wants to pile the wood and just everybody score the goals. So try and, and create something that's different that coaches want. And nine times out of ten, that for me is just playing really intense, being hard to play against. And I think everybody can be hard to play against. I don't think everybody can be a good fighter, and that's not where we're going with this. But 
there's nothing that pisses me off more than watch a kid like a seagull, you know, guy gives him a head fake and, you know, he goes off in the other direction, guy stays there with the puck. I mean, you could have had your whole team behind you. All you need to do is level that guy, create a turnover instead. You're out of position for F1 and now they're marching up the ice in a five on four. And you wonder what you can do. But they don't want to take that information, a lot of them. So I don't know if that helps, yep. but that's... I say it to my own kid till I'm blue in the face, and, you know, there's games that he'll do all right. But I'll say, you know, you had a, you're a bit of a seagull, bud, a couple of times, right? <laughs> Just a couple of flybys, you know? You know, it's ducks and eagles. <laughs> that's All right. Steiner, you're the man. Thanks for coming on here, dropping some knowledge. I appreciate it. I want to give a shout-out to the killer. Well, I just want to say that it can't be on TV, but yeah, Kevin Kaminsky is a legend in this town, and he's sent me his killer T-shirt, Killer Hockey 23. But um, there's there's a guy right there that made himself a hockey player and made himself an NHL hockey player through nothing but nothing but courage. No. He's not he's not an athletic guy. I can probably sit here and make fun of him. <laughs> the worst body in hockey, but he's fought every tough guy. He was everybody's favorite, and he probably extended his time in, in every organization yeah. just because when you looked across the room, you looked at a guy like Kevin Kaminsky, and you said, he'll, I hate to say it, he'll do more than any human possible to win this game. He'll sacrifice more than anything. doesn't matter. And that's what he was like. Every single day that he showed up at the rink, that's what he was like. So Love it. That's what, and that's, that's what the team is built on. Love it. All right, Steiny, thanks again for joining the show. I appreciate your time. My pleasure, man. All right, everyone listening, thank you very much for uh, listening. Tuesday, beginning of the week, hump days tomorrow. Have fun, work hard. Listen to Steiny, work hard, be gritty, do anything to win. We're out. Peace. Cause there's nothing like your love
Yeah. 